Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by NJR Home Services. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Welcome, everybody. Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast, episode 32, presented by NJR Home Services, your New Jersey heating and cooling experts bringing you high heat and cool savings. So when we debuted this podcast last year, guest number two was Blue Claws manager Chris Adamson. Guest number 32 will be Blue Claws manager Keith Werman. So we're set here finally announcing the 2022 Jersey Shore Blue Claws coaching staff. The Phillies made the announcement this morning, February the 22nd, and Keith Werman will be in charge here at the Jersey Shore this summer. So Keith will be our guest. We'll talk uh, to him in just a little while. 32-year-old from California. He grew up in Virginia. He spent the last four years uh, on the big league staff with the San Diego Padres as the major league development coordinator, and he will come over and manage the Jersey Shore Blue Claws this year. Uh, one of the things that we talk about in the interview with Keith, uh, he is very close with Preston Mattingly, who is now the Phillies director of player development. So Keith will be the manager. Keith Worman will talk to him in a little while. Brad Bergeson, the pitching coach, you remember him. He was here in 2018, was in AA Reading last year. Ari Udut is the hitting coach. He had been uh, a hitting coach in the Yankee system for 2020, joined the Phillies last year as a hitting coach in the Complex League. Pat Listash, who you may remember, he was the 1992 American League Rookie of the Year with the Milwaukee Brewers. He'll be the bench coach. And then Steve Torgrosa, the athletic trainer, Vanessa Escania will be the strength and conditioning coach. But Keith Worman, the manager, he'll be our guest in just a little while. Today is February 22nd. You have until February 23rd, 1159 p.m. to take advantage of a great offer on BlueClaws.com. 222-22, it's Tuesday. So, and we mean it uh, in the truest sense, 222-22. So two uh, Tuesday offers, Tuesday two-game package, tickets to opening night and July 4th for just 22 bucks. And then a Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday package, $222. You get two Thursday, Thursday packages, uh, which each come with 10 undated Thursday tickets, two team hoodies, you pick the size and color, two pint glasses, two shot glasses, and two Jersey Shore Blue Claws koozies. Tuesday, go to blueclaws.com uh, for more on that. Again, that'll, be, that'll run for two days, Tuesday the 22nd, Wednesday the 23rd, online only. So opening night, as we record this, 45 days away. And when we get there, Keith Werman will make out the lineup for the Blue Claws and lead the team onto the field their 21st season. He's the 15th manager in Jersey Shore Blue Claws history, and he's our guest on Hook, Line, and Splitter. Since 1986, Rich Green Lawns has been the leading lawn fertilization company of the Jersey Shore, providing lawn fertilization, bedweed control, ticket mosquito control, as well as tree and shrub programs. Mention this ad and save 50% off your first lawn application. Call or text us today at 732-370-5963, 732-370-5963. Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast, the 2022 manager of your Jersey Shore Blue Claws, Keith Worman, next. Very pleased to welcome officially to the Jersey Shore Blue Claws 2022 Blue Claws manager, Keith Worman, who joins us from San Diego. Keith, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Greg. Absolutely welcome. So uh, how does it feel you uh, get a managerial post your first year with the Phillies? 
Uh, it's really exciting. Uh, obviously, a lot of a lot of great people within the organization, and and really looking forward to having a chance to manage uh, some young men and and uh, a great coaching staff, and and uh, go out there and compete. So you were with the Padres last year. How did you end up with the Phillies here for 2022? Uh, you know, talking with my family, we had uh, we have all our family out in the East Coast. Um, we were we were out by ourselves. We got two little boys in the West Coast. So you know, on a on a selfish level, we were looking to to make the move out east uh, to re- return back to some family. But uh, you know, more importantly, uh, you know, Preston Mattingly uh, worked with worked alongside with him with the Padres um, on the major league side the last few years, and uh, he obviously joined the Phillies uh, going into this off season, and it was a great opportunity uh, for me to jump on board with him. Uh, we've had a great relationship. Uh, he values, you know, really great people. And uh, this is a great, great chance to um, jump on board. So what was your role with the Padres? Uh, my title was the develop major league development coordinator. Um, at the end of the day, I, I basically uh, ran the spring training scheduling. Um, and then within the season, I oversaw the infield positioning. Uh, so when it came to shifting hitters, um, all of the situational positioning on the infield portion. Um, I also uh, assisted on the outfield side as well. So you went to, I know you grew up in Northern Virginia. You played at the University of Virginia, one of the top programs yes. in the country. So kind of give us a, I know you're, you're a young guy. Um, so it's not a, the longest story, but kind of give us the, the Keith Worman story of how the, how the road wound all the way from, you know, Charlottesville to San Diego. Sure. Uh, so just like you said, uh, I had a chance, a op- great opportunity to play at the University of Virginia under Brian O'Connor. Uh, learned a ton from him, um, obviously. And and uh, I was fortunate enough after my fourth year graduating, uh, I had an opportunity to sign as a, as a minor league free agent under the Mariners organization. Um, and so I, I that was just shortly after the draft. I finished that season in 2012, uh, played a little bit in 2013 had gotten released. Um, and, uh, in, at the university of Virginia, I took Japanese as one of, as my language. Um, I grew up taking it in school. My mom actually put me in a program when I was young, an immersion program in Northern Virginia. And, um, I'd always loved the culture of, of, uh, Japan. And, um, I wanted an opportunity to go to Japan Ideally in baseball, but uh, at the end of the day, it was more for the experience. And I built a relationship with a, a man by the name Hidesu Yoshi in the Mariners organization. And he gave me an opportunity, connected me with the uh, Nippon Ham Fighters in Japan. And uh, they accepted me as an intern for in 2014, uh, ended up hiring me to help them uh, for the next few years behind, behind 2014. And they had a working agreement with the Padres, and that put me within the Padres organization. Um, and from then on, I basically got a chance to, to coach, uh, in El Paso in 2017, uh, under the Padres organization and 2018 up until last year, I was with the major league club. So what kinds of things are you doing there on, um, on a daily basis? Obviously a lot of it is, you know, computer-based analytical, you know, take us through a typical day for you during, during the season, you guys are getting ready for, you know, a big weekend series, you know, with the Dodgers, how are you, how are you helping the team get ready for that? Absolutely. So uh, for the most part, you know, series or two ahead of time, I'll, I'll look into the opposing hitters and uh, kind of evaluate each individual guy and kind of where they're, uh, 
where they've been hitting baseballs, uh, more of their tendencies over the last 150 at bats, um, kind of digging individually, situational stuff, uh, whether it's bunts or runners in scoring position, are they changing their approach? Just kind of little detailed stuff amongst the hitter and and then uh, talking with Preston as well throughout the week of, hey, what's our game plan uh, as far as the pitching department on how we want to pitch to these hitters uh, and trying to make sure we're on the same page of what we're trying to execute and and line things up. And obviously the computer information's all, you know, it's a, it's a long process that gets drawn out, but uh, throughout the days, you know, I'm on the field hitting fungos, throwing batting practice, uh, working with the infielders under, under Bobby Dickerson uh, was fortunate to be with him uh, for the last couple of years with the Padres. So how, how has your relationship been with, with Preston and, and what attracted you or how did he help attract you to the, to the Phillies? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, awesome baseball person, awesome person in general, uh, you know, communicates very well. Um, always a joy to be around. Um, you know, he's, he's very helpful and we worked really well together. Um, you know, we, he was very clear and precise on what the expectations were on the pitching side and, and I would join that on the infield side and we worked together really well. And I think that relationship kind of built as we went along and, um, when he had the opportunity with the, uh, to take this job with the Phillies, um, you know, it, it definitely sparks interest on my side to, you know, one selfishly, it, it, it had an opportunity to bring my family back East, but, um, you know, just his value and really good people and, um, you know, helping an organization, you know, taking a whole nother stride and, and ultimately try to win a championship in Philly. It's, is uh, is the, is the goal. Uh, you're going to get to work with, I mean, you worked with a lot of players that were older than you the last couple of years in Absolutely. San Diego. Now, most of the guys, well, all the guys will be younger than you. Um, you know, here, Keith is, is what, 32? 32. 32. Yes. So I wish I was 32. So, um, so 32 years old. Now you're going to have, you know, the oldest player on the team will be, you know, 23, 24, probably. What was the dynamic like working with, with guys that were, you know, older than you established big league, like a guy like Manny Machado who played in – at this level in high A, you know, in 2011. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of challenges to that. Um, you know, and I was fortunate to have a great staff around to, to help, you know, not necessarily for my sake, but just in general, um, you know, and, and to kind of sit back and, and let those things happen. And um, it, it takes time to build those relationships and build that trust. And, um, you know, those guys were awesome, really great people. Manny was, was a phenomenal uh, player to, to work, work with and, um, to help him as well. And, um, you know, I, I was very fortunate to have those good people around to, to make that position essentially easier than uh, what most people might, might see as a very large challenge. Obviously I'm not a, not a big guy. I didn't, never played in the major leagues. Um, and I am young and, um, you know, just very fortunate for that opportunity. I guess it'll be cool. I don't know who your shortstop's going to be obviously uh, this year or your, any of your infielders, but it'll be cool. Um for you this year and they say oh by the way i worked with manny machado and fernando tatis la like literally last year that that's that'll be pretty cool for the for the whoever comes through the infield here in 2022 yeah it'll be it, it'll be exciting i'm sure they'll have plenty of questions and and i'm i'm excited to share uh, my experiences with those guys and obviously that you know they've played some winning baseball in the previous couple of years and uh with manny in baltimore that with those winning seasons and uh, there's a there's a ton of experience there, and I and I'm excited to share that with the, with our young men. 
So what's a what's a goal for you? Is it to be a manager, go back to the big leagues as a manager someday? Obviously, young, you're just kind of your career is just getting started. What's kind of a career goal for you? Uh, you know, I think I think managing is definitely a uh, a goal of mine uh, on the major league level. I you know there's a there's a lot that that is very intriguing about that. I think at the end of the day, um, a, a chance to to be a part of a successful organization and and help help these young men is ultimately what I'm what I'm most passionate about. Um, I've never, honestly, I've never really looked into kind of, okay, I want to be X, Y, Z, and I want to get there. And what does that path look like? I, I'm more of kind of in the moment. Let's, let's make the best of what we have in this moment and try to help, help everybody around me and, and, and let that kind of happen. And um, obviously on the major league side, being a, a chance to coach on the major league level is, is pretty special. And uh, there's, there's a lot of value to that for sure. Who are some of the mentors for you on the coaching side? Uh, you know, the first one that comes to mind is Bobby Dickerson. Um, you know, obviously he's with us in, in Philadelphia now, and, and I'm really excited uh, to have him in, within the organization. But, uh, you know, he put his arm around me the last couple of years and uh, shared all of his experiences. He's, he's done a ton for this, in, for this game uh, in, in the professional industry, and uh, whether it's, you know, managing in rookie ball to being a field coordinator to coaching in the major leagues under Buck in Baltimore, um, you know, he's, he's done so many things in this game and, and shared so many experiences with me that, uh, are, are really valuable. And I've been, been very appreciative of, um, uh, another name, Brian O'Connor at the university of Virginia, you know, I referenced earlier, uh, you know, the way he treats his men and, uh, you know, you're not just developing baseball players, but you're developing great, great people, uh, to have success in this, in this world. And, um, you know, a huge mentor in that, in that regard as well. What would you say your kind of uh, style is? You like to steal bases, take the extra base, that kind of thing, or uh, you know, station to station kind of team. I guess it depends on how your roster shakes out. But mm -hmm. what kind of baseball do you want to bring here? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the what the player personnel uh, is is for for the season. But um, you know, my style of play is is very fundamentally sound. Um, as you could probably see, I'm not a, a large guy, so I had a hard time hitting the ball of the infield. We're uh, going to get I, to your career in a minute. I feel, <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty confident our players will be able to hit the ball of the infield. We'll be in trouble if that's, if that's not the case. No, but we're in trouble. Um, I love the small ball, the small ball game, and I love to apply pressure to the opponent. And uh, you know, whether that's bunting, whether that's hitting runs, um, you know, we'll we'll see how that how that all develops. But at the end of the day, it's about the fundamentals, and and I'm I'm really passionate about playing fundamentally sound baseball. And I think that's, you know, the, a great recipe for, for success. So I want you to talk about the switch pitching. So I was the, when, when I heard the name Keith Worman, I did a little digging around. And so when you were 13, so whatever, 19 years ago, you threw a complete game, three and a third innings, left-handed three and two thirds innings, right-handed switch pitcher, uh, there have been like one or two of them that have come through the minors. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we've had any reach the big leagues at, at all of late, but take us through. So when did you start switch hitting and when did you start switch pitching? Uh, okay. So I was told when I was little, I have an older brother and, and obviously my father is very passionate with, about the game of baseball. Um, and when I was younger, I would, I was showing the ability to, throw the baseball with both hands, uh, mostly left-handed. And 
my dad and brother recognized that with my uh, smaller stature for the future, uh, it would, and it would best serve me to play, uh, to throw right-handed so I could play all the positions. Uh, there's a lot of value to that. And uh, being left-handed, you're to a degree limited to pitching first base in the outfield. Um, and so it, it kind of started uh, with me just throwing right-handed. Um, in Little League, I would switch hit. I would switch every at-bat regardless of who was on the mound. Um, just for the fun and the experience of it. Um, and when I was, when I was at the young age in little league, it was just, my brother and I would play catch in the cul-de-sac almost every day. And, uh, there was just a random day, Hey, let's try to throw left-handed and it came out natural. Um, it almost came out pretty strong too. It was pretty fun to do kind of a little spark. It was like, oh, all right, here we go. Like, let's see what this, let's see what happens with this. And my dad called me up to the office in the house and he put my hands on a piece of paper and traced them and we sent it in and they made a glove, a custom glove uh, that fit for both hands. And wow. uh, from then on, it was, let's see how, let's see what we can do with it and just play catch and, and through, through in the basement, through in the backyard in the cage and uh, just went out there and, and my dad was my coach growing up and we just had fun with the game and we had a great group of kids, uh, teammates, and we had a lot of fun with the game. And um, I was fortunate to have that experience and I uh, got to independent baseball I uh, never, never pitched in, in high school, uh, left-handed or, or right-handed really. Um, and I had a chance in, uh, independent balls. I knew it was good about, about to be my last year and, and I had an opportunity to, uh, pitch, uh, and, and, and get an inning in. Actually, it was only a third of an inning, but, <laughs> uh, had that opportunity. Through the complete game, was that on, you were 13, so that was on the, the big field, the, the 60 foot mound? Yeah, our first first year on the on the big field, uh, it was a little travel ball team. We had I think we had ten players on the team. We were the Vienna Cavaliers, uh, and uh, it was just one of those one of those days. Hey, just start left handed, see how long you can go. And uh, I got to that into that fourth inning and looked over in the dugout, and I was, I was exhausted. My left hand wasn't working anymore, so I switched over to the right side and finished, <laughs> finished the game. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I wouldn't tell your your pitchers that they might want to try it, and well, that might not. Hey, I'm know, guessing that would stay healthy. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty cool. So then you had the opportunity to go to go to Virginia, right? State school, yes, um, yes. home state. There, your experience at Virginia. I know you made the College World Series. Um, what what did you enjoy most about Charlottesville? Oh man, the community is incredible. It's uh, you know really really special people. Um, they look out for each other. Uh, obviously we, we call it grounds at the university of Virginia, um, you know, other universities call it campus, but, um, you know, the grounds is, is beautiful. Any time of the year, all four seasons, uh, you walk out on the lawn and see the rotunda, whether it's in the snow in the fall with all the colors, uh, in the spring and the summer, it's just, it's beautiful. And, um, you know, it's, it just, it brings joy to be there ultimately. And, and then, you know, to have a chance to be part of the of a program, baseball program there with the players and and the staff and the and the athletic department. They just they do so much for you. And uh, it was just it was really, really special. I, when you played in the College World Series, I, I saw an article where what happened? Some old Miss fans asked if you could ask if you had your driver's <laughs> license. That's not nice. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. Did you get a lot of that? Uh, to a degree. Yes. Um, 
you know, when we went on the road on weekends to, to the, you know, ACC opponents, whether it's Miami, Florida State or Georgia Tech and, and there's in North Carolina State, there's some hostile environments for sure. And uh, I think that that Ole Miss experience uh, was pretty special. Uh, obviously, super regional, a chance to go to the College World Series. Uh, it was my first year to see Young Buck. I don't even think I was shaving. Oh, freshman, okay. Yeah, I don't even think I was shaving. I probably looked like I was 15 at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they, I got some pretty tough. I got some for you here. For those of you that are listening to this instead of watching it, we have the the official jersey form awesome. that we're proud to present. And this one is might be a little uh, a little big. I think this was for Buster, but we got this sure. one for you. Buster's we'll our mascot. Down. Yeah, we'll we'll turn it down. We got we'll get you a nice one. Um, I can't wait for you to uh, to put it on here for real on. April 8th, which will will be here before, um, you know, before you, before you know it. Right. And obviously Absolutely. it's a, it's a long off season. I, I'm sure you get getting to enjoy a lot of time with your, uh, with your wife and kids, but you, you getting anxious, ready to, uh, to get back on the field somewhere. Well, in uh, Clearwater. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I've, I, I've never been to uh, the ballpark there uh, up in, up in Jersey shore, but uh, very, very excited to, to be there uh, to experience the fans. Uh, it looks like a great environment. Obviously, you have the putt putt. Uh, you have the new Blue Wave bar. We do. That was just we added. Do. It. Wow, it you, you really pay attention. I, I might have to take a breather <laughs> in the middle of the game. I can call some breaks and then get myself up there. But <laughs> oh, for you, we um, deliver. That'd be great. That'd be good. <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble on your your first no, official we don't, we don't media entity. Do, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do you um? So San Diego, do you do any like do you enjoy the beach surfing? What what can you what are you gonna bring from San Diego here to the to the East Coast? Oh man. Uh, I'd love to bring some of these breakfast burritos that they make over here. These those are pretty special. We got you. We'll get you a nice pork rolling um, and cheese. Oh, I'm sure there's gonna be some, some good stuff. We'll, we'll be all right. I'm looking forward to it, definitely. And no, it's the San Diego beaches are great and, and obviously the Jersey Shore beaches are, are great as well. And um, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. The problem is in San Diego, what is it, 72 every day on opening? Yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna fly up here and get off the plane and go, what the hell, what the heck am I getting into here? Because <laughs> uh, it'll be about 37, and we I mean we've had some real doozies. The o- opening night is always like it's always cold. When mm-hmm. it, you know if it's you know the general range of temperatures for early April will be like you know 35 to 55, and it's always 35. We yeah. had one year where uh, the starting pitcher was from Venezuela. And had pitched the year before in the Gulf Coast League. And opening night, it was 32 to 34 degrees with some light flurries. And from what somebody told me, the young man had never pitched, not only had never pitched in temperatures like that, he had never experienced them because oh, he wow. would, he had come over from Venezuela. They would go to, he would be in Florida um, for the summer and go back to Venezuela. It was fine. So sure enough, it's freezing. Nobody is at the game because it's like 10 degrees out. The, the wind really does blow through here. Um, so it always feels a lot, a little colder than it even is. And the poor guy gave up uh, seven runs in two thirds of an inning. And then anybody who wanted to watch the game left and that was it. And his name was Carlos Monasterios and he made the big leagues and his ERA. I don't know that it ever really recovered. 
because when you give up seven runs in two thirds of an inning on opening day, it's tough to get it. It, it just lingers for months, <laughs> but he was, he had a, he had a good year after that. He ended up making it to the big leagues um, with the Dodgers, but yeah, opening night will be a uh, open. Awesome. That'll be cool, but we'll have the mini golf open for you. If you want to sneak Perfect. around in for Perfect. sure, for sure. Yeah, we we so, may play around a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Abs- absolutely. Well, Keith, I thank you so much for a few minutes. Um, enjoy the rest of the off season. Good luck in spring training. I'm sure we'll talk again before we see you uh, up here April 8th for uh, for opening night. But excited to have you as part of the uh, Blue Cross family and can't wait to get started. Awesome. I'm very excited about it. Thanks for having me on here, Greg. Build out a summer of fun with your own 2022 Jersey Shore Blue Cross mini plan. Five of the best games of the year. Plus, you'll get dinner and dessert at each game. Boardwalk game tickets at each game. An exclusive season ticket holder gift. Complimentary tickets to opening night at the Jersey Shore, April 8th, presented by Jenkinson's Boardwalk 2. Log on to BlueCloss.com slash memberships today or call 732-901-7000, option 3, and tell them hook, line, and splitter sent you. 732-901-7000, option 3, or BlueCloss.com slash memberships. Thanks to 2022 Blue Claws manager Keith Worman for Joining us here today on Hook, Line, and Splitter, presented by NJR Home Services, your New Jersey heating and cooling experts, bringing you high heat and cool savings. So we were excited to finally announce the Blue Claws uh, coaching staff for 2022. And, you know, it took so long, I didn't know if we were going to actually have one. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, it was a little bit delayed this year, got it out. I'm so excited for that. So just a couple of other notes around the system. Where are your 2022 Blue Claws staff members headed? Tank Blue Claws manager Chris Adamson. He's going to be down in the Florida Complex League. He'll manage down there with Roley Diarmas, who's been one of the um, legendary Phillies player development guys and on-field staff guys in the minor leagues for many years, 30-plus years. So Tank will be down there with Roley and Rafael DeLima, who was the hitting coach here last year. He will go down there as well. And Rafael de Lima, he had been with the younger guys in the Gulf coast league slash or what is now the Florida complex league, but then the Gulf coast league for a few years as well. Last year's blue claws pigeon coach, Matt Hockenberry, the only blue claws player to later serve as a blue claws coach. He's on his way to double a Reading. former blue claws out in the organizations right now, of course, or in the organization right now, Sean Williams, who managed here in 2015 and 16 and took the Blue Claws to the 2016 SAL Championship Series. He's in Reading. Tyler Henson is his hitting coach, uh, who was here with Marty Malloy for a season in 2018. He'll be the hitting coach in AA Reading. Clearwater will have Marty Malloy managing. Of course, Marty took the Blue Claws to the 2018 SAL Championship Series, and he will manage in uh, low A Clearwater down in Florida this year. A couple of former Blue Claws of note elsewhere in the organization. Uh, pretty cool, actually. Samuel Liciano, who played here in the early part of the 2010s. He's the hitting coach in the Dominican Summer League. And Irvis Manzanillo, who pitched here in the early part of the 20, uh, 2010s. He's the strength and conditioning coach as well down in the Dominican Summer League. On the coordinator side, you may remember Bob Stumpo, Blue Claws catcher. 2014, who has spent the last several years as the Phillies bullpen catcher. He is the minor league catching coordinator this year. So we'll get to see Bob uh, up and around at the ballpark a few times this summer. He replaces Ernie Witt. 
A funny Bob Stumpo story, though. Actually, this is kind of interesting. We were on the bus in 2014 heading down to Delmarva to play the Shorebirds that night. And this was the day before the 2014 Belmont Stakes. I'll have another is going to go try to win the Triple Crown. And Bob was a big horse guy. And as we were heading down the uh, Route 13 there in Maryland on our way down to Delmarva, I was fast asleep. And news broke that I'll have another had to be scratched from the Belmont the next day. Or sorry, 2013, not 2014, 2013. And Bob uh, woke me up on the bus because he knew that I was I, I cared deeply about the situation. And that's how I found out that I'll have another was scratched from the 2013 Belmont and would not try to win the Triple Crown at 1-9 to nine the next day. So it'll be good. I, I love Bob. It'll be good to see him back. Uh, at the park next year. Since 1986, Rich Green Lawns has been the leading lawn fertilization company, the Jersey Shore, providing lawn fertilization, bed weed control, ticket mosquito control, as well as tree and shrub programs. Mention this ad and save 50% off your first lawn application. Call or text us today at 732-370-5963. Special thanks to our guest, Keith Worman, 2022, Jersey Shore Blue Claws Manager, and he's our guest here, episode 32 of Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. We are 45 days away from opening night at the Jersey Shore. See you on April 8th. We'll talk soon. Have a great day, everybody. I'm Greg Jamborisi. Thanks for listening to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast.